Father, we just want to thank you this morning. We come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we want to honor you, O Lord, in our lives. We want to lift up the name of Jesus in everything that we do, in all of our circumstances, in every situation that we are going through. We want to lift up the name of Jesus. We want to be united with Paul, with, with Peter and, and John when they said, silver and gold, we have none. But such as I have, we give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Father, this morning, Father, we don't have silver. We don't have gold. We don't have anything of this world. But Lord, we want to be a set of people who have the assurance that we have you and that you have us. Father, this morning, we commit ourselves to your kind hands. Even during the ministration of the word of God, we pray, Lord, Father, your word says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray, Lord, faith will arise. We will all be challenged. We will all be encouraged. We will all make decisions. To walk towards you this morning. Anoint us all afresh this morning. Even in the speaking and in the hearing of God's word. We want to exalt your word above all our circumstances. Your name be glorified. Your name be magnified. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can we turn to First Samuel chapter 13, please? And we look at a very familiar portion in scripture. Verse 19 to 23, and then we'll look at, just to put today's word in context. Now there was a, there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines have said, lest the Hebrews make swords or spears, but all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle, which are not weapons of warfare, the weapons of agriculture. And the charge for sharpening was a pim for the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes, and, the, and to set the points of the goats. So it came about on the day of battle, that is verse 22. So it came about on the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan, but they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son. And verse 23, And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash, the garrison of the Philistines, in a place where you know, the Philistines are totally uh, trying to converge into the Israelites. And, you know, Israelites are hiding themselves into holes and, 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 and everything. And uh, Saul foolishly offers the sacrifice before Samuel comes. And you, and you see this uh, in the midst of this compromised um, leadership. Okay, let's now let's read from verses, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let's read to get today's message in, in context. Now it happened on the day, on that, on, on, on day, um, so it happened one day, sorry, one day, that Jonathan, the son of Saul, 
said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the Philistines garrison that is on the other side, but he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 100, 600 men, and verse 3, Ahijah, the son of Ahaltub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh was wearing an afford, but the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Now, this is a picture, no? We're looking at situations all around the world. We've been coming together as a church, praying, seeking the face of God. The problem is not with the world all the time. It's The problem is with us. We are not going to say the church because as if we are uh, somehow outside the church. Okay, some some of you know some we have sometimes we have a really really um, holier than thou attitude. It's not like Nehemiah and all these people and Daniel. They were the holiest of all people. I think many of the people in the new covenant, Daniel and Nehemiah, will give run for their money. Okay, and they identified themselves with the sins of their people, and they said, "We have sinned. We have done iniqu- We have done wickedly, etc." So they identified themselves. So. There's a picture, this picture here, Saul and the rest of the Israelites is a picture. We know this passage very well, but God was speaking to something specific to my heart this morning and I was, I just wanted to share this with you. This is a picture of the compromised church, satisfied with the status quo. Okay. They don't want anybody to disturb them. Yeah. They have accepted a kind of truce with the enemy. It's a truce. It's not peace. There's a lot of difference between truce and peace. Okay. So we, we, you know, in engineering language, we call it stable equilibrium and unstable equilibrium. What is unstable equilibrium? It's like, you know, balancing a stick on your palm. Okay. So what do you have to do? You have to do a lot of dancing. Up and down, up and down to keep it straight. And one small disturbance, it's gone. That is unstable equilibrium. It's a truce. Okay. Nobody says anything. Okay. But the problem is there cannot be truce with the truce with the enemy. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay. His agenda is very clear. He will speak words of truce. Remember, uh, when Israel was in trouble, they used to ask for the kings of Assyria for help. They would come. At what cost? At the cost of truce, not peace. And what did they have to do? They have to empty the treasuries to pay their uh, supari, if you will. They were using the Assyrians as mercenaries. They purchased their army to help themselves. Uh, The problem is, once you allow the enemy a small toehold, you give him an inch, he will take a square kilometer, not a mile. So very important for us to understand these these spiritual truths. They cannot be truths. Okay, we have to pursue peace at all cost, but they cannot be truths. And Jesus said, "Don't ever think that I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring division." Hmm. Okay, I'm come to set at variance. People of the own the same household will be against each other. So understand these realities. They cannot be truths with the enemy. Okay. The problem is a lot of people are satisfied with truth and they confuse and misunderstand truth to be peace when it is not peace. When they say peace, peace, what will come? Sudden destruction. That is what we call as unstable equilibrium. And what is stable equilibrium? A guy who is 
at rest in God. And all kinds of things are happening in his life. Okay. What is, but what is happening? He is unwavering. He knows that every time something hits him, he will come back to God again. A righteous man will fall seven times, but will, the Lord will restore him each time. Each time he will be restored. Because his rest is in God. Understand this. So the picture of the compromised church who has accepted truce with the enemy. You don't disturb us, we don't disturb you. The garrison of the Philistines has reached, has come to Mikmash. These fellows are there with 600 men. Okay, I've got 600 men, I've got a sword in my hand. None of them, notwithstanding the fact that none of them can fight. But I'm satisfied with my congregation. 600 member congregation. See, they have a congregation. They have a leadership which has lost the vision and it's very close to losing its anointing. It's all. It's lost its vision. And very close to losing its anointing, his anointing. A leadership which has no altar. A leadership that does not hear from God. The leadership which is more interested in what people think about them than what God thinks about them. A leadership which will give in to pressure just to have the crowds. Right? Remember? I was I was seeing all the crowd, I mean all my army just going, uh, scattering away. So what did I do? I was compelled to offer the sacrifice. You didn't come on time. It's your problem. See? The leadership which has, which has not got the discipline of sitting at the feet of Jesus and waiting for him. They have religion though. Oh yes, they do. They have a Saul who doesn't use the sword. What's the whole point? They have a priest wearing an effort, but he doesn't hear from God. That is the incredible reality of a compromised church. They have religion, but they don't have Revelation. You don't hear from God. That is the picture. Why? Why do they not hear from God? Look at what it says in, look at the detail in scripture. See, first Samuel chapter 14 now. Let's read from verses 2 and 3. Verses 2 and 3. Just 2 and 3 on screen so that, so that we can put uh, things into context. 14, 2 and 3. Yeah, Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahijah, the son of Ahitub. No, you're, see, this is the royal priesthood together. The king and the priest together. Okay, that's a picture of the church. You are supposed to be what? Royal priesthood. Okay, so the king and the priest together now. Okay, Ahijah, the son of Ahitub. Ahijah means Yahweh is my brother. Ahitub means what? My brother is good. Tov means good. Ahitov. Ahitov. Okay. Who's he? It's interesting, right? Why doesn't the priest, why doesn't the priesthood hear from God? Because they are Ichabod's brother. That's interesting. What does Ichabod mean? The glory of God has departed. That's the point. Ichabod, the glory of God has departed. Meaning, the presence of God has left them. That's what it means. First thing. Second thing it means, or glory stands for weight. The standards of God. 
For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what has happened? The standards of God has been lowered. All they have now is unjust scales and balances. They have come to terms with it. They have not realized the writing on the wall. What is that? You have been weighed and found wanting. 1611 Proverbs. Can you put it in the NLT if you don't mind? I love the words, the ways NLT puts it. The Lord demands fairness in every business deal. He sets the standard. And what do we have? We have an Ichabod where the standards have gone out now. Chabod means glory, the weight. The weight of God. The standard of God. Lord demands fairness in every business deal. Isn't it interesting? There's absolute injustice going all around. Everywhere we have unjust scales and balances and we are absolutely at peace with it. After all, it is a world. Hey, you saying that is a revelation of your own heart. That means you have lowered the standards of your own life, in your own life. You know, the Berean study, study Bible puts it in a beautiful way. Listen to what it says. Honest scales and balances are from God. All the weights in the bag are His concern. Every weight in the bag is His concern. KJV puts it just weights and balances. You see? Fairness. That means God demands fairness in every deal. He sets the standard. But you know what? 11.1, Proverbs. Put it in NLT, don't worry. The Lord hates cheating, but he delights in honesty. That is an unjust scale. An unjust scale is an abomination to the Lord. Let me show you some Proverbs. Food for thought. 20.10, Proverbs. You can put it in NLT, okay? All. Hmm? F- divers, can, uh, yeah. 2010. The Lord despises double standards of every kind. That's what it means, you know, false weights and unequal measures. Okay. Some other translations. 2023. Same chapter. 2023. Okay. The Lord despises double standards. He is not pleased with dishonest scales. That is Ikabod. What has happened? The glory of God has departed. How can a church which does not uphold the righteousness of God, hear from God. Understand that? How can you have Ichabod's brother as your priest? And you expect that you will hear from God? Notwithstanding the fact that he's got the, he's got the effort? That's interesting, right? In John's, in Luke's Gospel chapter 3, let's read from verses 1, 2 and 3. It's powerful in Luke's Gospel chapter 3, verses 1, 2 and 3. It's remarkable. It says, now in the 15th year, the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judah, Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, the region of Triconitus, and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene. These are all the, all the stalwarts of those days. While Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of the Lord came to John, where? In the wilderness. The son of Zechariah in the wilderness. That's interesting. The word of the Lord did not come to you. Why? Hmm. Unjust scales and balances everywhere. What are your standards? Each other. Or the world. 
And you expect God to speak to you? Impossible. Impossible. A church which does not uphold the righteousness and the standards of God cannot expect to hear from God. Cannot expect. You want to hear from God? You know what you should say? Lord, not my righteousness. Why did David always hear from God? He Even in his failures, he always acknowledged God's righteousness. Why did Moses always hear from God? He said, all your ways are righteous and judgment. Ascribe greatness to God our rock. All his ways are perfect and all his ways are righteous. That is the reason why he says in ESV, he says, unless and until your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees. If anyone lowers the least of these, never, we can never up, uh, lower down the righteousness of God, the righteous requirements of God. Look at what it says in Amos chapter 8. Can you put it in the ESV? Look at verses 4 to 6. Amos chapter 8 verses 4 to 6. Amos chapter 8 verses 4 to 6. All of them together. Hear this, you who trample on the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end. Saying, when will the new moon, new moon be over that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may offer wheat for sale? It's interesting, no? it's like, you know, on sale. No? Everywhere we go, on sale. That we may make the ephah small, the shekel great and deal deceitfully with false balances. And verse 6, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and sell shaf. Of the wheat. What are we selling? Shaf. That is the word of God. What are they getting? Shaf. They don't get solid food anymore. See, If you eat shaf, you might get fiber, but not protein and carbs. Hey, I got a lot of fiber in my food. So what? Is there any strength? Is there any protein? Shaf. You see, a compromised leadership was not strengthened by the word of God. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, do you think, oh yeah, the spirit of God will raise up a standard? Where? Where is the spirit of God? There is the, without the word of God in your hearts. That is the reason why he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then he also says in Ephesians, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of worship. It says in Ephesians and Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns. Both are important, absolutely important. We cannot say the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against against the enemy when we we are not strong in the word of God, when we have when we have been built upon shaft and not solid wheat. Why? It's all because of what? False balances, you see? Unjust scales and balances, the glory of God has departed. The sad reality is a realization very late in our spiritual walk that the Spirit of the Lord has departed from us. I mean, it's just a matter of time now for Saul. Right? Chapter 15, it says, I anointed you king. God says, I anointed you. So what do you do? Go to the Amalekites because I remember what the Amalekites have done. Finish every one of. That is the ultimate test. I think you should have grabbed that opportunity with both hands. And what, did I, what does he do? 
he compromises. You see, you have been used to a lifestyle of compromise. What will happen to you? You see, to strengthen yourself, one of the reasons why we are encouraged to fast often is the ability to say no comes into your life. You're not just going to fast from food. We can fast from other kinds of things also. Entertainment, for example. Isn't it interesting? I was talking to Roshan the other day. You know what he said? He said, Anna, nowadays people don't listen to the reviews and then go to a movie. They first go and eat any stupid thing that is there on the, on the, on the movie theater and then they'll come and give a review. They will eat it first. They are so desperate for anything. You know that people are desperate for anything. You give them any nonsense, they will eat it. That's it, they will eat it. That doesn't matter. They are waiting for the movie theaters to be opened. Why? Any nonsense you give us, doesn't matter whether it's good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. We want to eat. Our appetites are been, we have been hungering in our appetites for entertainment. So any nonsense you give is good for us. We will give you a review later on, no problem. Yeah, it's unhealthy food, but it's okay. McDonald's is unhealthy food. That doesn't stop McDonald's from having sales, right? The more you say it's unhealthy, the more the sales increase and the more franchises come out. Isn't it interesting? What says the doctor? Right. The late, very late realization. See, it's just a matter of time. And then what happens? The spirit of the Lord departs from Saul. And what happens? The evil spirit from God comes upon him now. And realization very late. Samson did not realize that the spirit of the Lord has departed him. He's still under presumption. Why? Why? You never held the righteousness of God in your lives. What do you have? You have Ichabod's brother as your priest. <laughs> the guy who will compromise the standards and say it's okay. See, I, I don't know why. Why was uh, Samuel... Sorry, why did Saul offer the sacrifice? I think he must have asked Ichabod's brother for permission. Do you think I can offer the sacrifice? Ah, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Doesn't matter. He must have asked because that fellow is there around him. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. No problem. After all, anybody can do it. So it doesn't matter. You see, when the temple at Jerusalem was restored, you know what it says? The One of the recurring refrains in the entire book of Ezra and Nehemiah, according to the law of Moses, according to the law of Moses, according to the law of Moses. They did everything, what? According to the law of Moses. The refrain is that. So what do you have? Ichabod's brother is your priest with an effort and what is he saying? It's okay. Chalega, daudega. Anything is okay. Offer it, no problem. After all, God only sees the heart. <laughs> he understands your situation. Your situations will never, doesn't mean that you should compromise on the righteousness of God. Never. You see, Jesus was at this, at the situation of life. See, we, we, we don't, one of the questions I ask, I was asking myself, I think I'll possibly do it as another study. How serious do we take, how seriously do we take God and His word? How seriously do we take him? See, the deposits that we made in our mind have actually made us weak in the day of battle. God means what he says and he says what he means, right? Do we take him seriously? Think about that. 
neither this, neither this, neither this, neither this, I mean, I'm not mentioning all the sins, right? Will inherit the kingdom of God, period. Do we take it seriously? Ah, it's okay. We have an Ichabod in our midst. The brother of Ichabod who's saying, you know what? The standards of God, lower it, it's okay. Samuel didn't come, what do I do, Ichabod's brother? Ahaytub. Sorry, Ahija. Every lot of people will say, I am Yahweh's brother. God has to say, you are my brother. Lot of people declare their own faithfulness. That's what it says in Proverbs. Every man <laughs> proclaims his own faithfulness, but the Lord is the one who weighs the hearts. Ikabot's brother, what do we do? It's okay. Both have the same priesthood, no? Priesthood of Phineas, but that's another Phineas. Okay, there's a priesthood of Zadok. You know, if you trace the lineage of the priesthood of Zadok, you know where you end up with? The Phineas in Numbers. The son of Eliezer. Okay, understand. Okay, that's a different study altogether. Understand this. Not compromise. Be ruthless, Saul. Finish off Agag. He didn't. At the cost of what? Losing your anointing. That's what he tells the Laudation Church. You're what? You're wretched, blind, poor and naked. And the problem is, let's go back to 1 Samuel. Chapter 14 and verse 3. Yeah. Ahijah, the son of Ahatub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing the ephod, but the people did not know that Jonathan had. Ah! Who is Jonathan? What does the word Jonathan mean? The gift of God. The gift of Yahweh. Who is the gift of Yahweh? God so loved the world that he gave his son. And the son so loved the church that he gave his spirit. Yeah? So what has happened? You have Ichabod's brother and you do not realize that who has departed? The spirit has gone. And what you have now, you have an outward trap of religion but no power. And that's exactly what it says in Second Timothy chapter 3. In the last days, what will come? Fierce times will come. The word is fierce. Not perilous. Perilous is a word that is rendered. That's how it's rendered. The Greek, the word is fierce. Fierce is used with a man at Gadarenes who were, you know, fierce, full of demonic. There's a time going to be a full of demonic oppression and men will be lovers of themselves, etc., etc. What will they have? They will have an outward form of godliness, but there is no power. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it is a matter of power. And it is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit. And if there is no spirit, it's gone and you don't even realize. The people did not realize that Jonathan had gone. See, you cannot put Jesus in the box. He will leave. If you don't honor him, he is not bound to stay with you. It's a very interesting thing, no? Joshua is standing at Jericho and he's looking at it and he's saying, suddenly he sees a man with a, dro- with a drawn sword and he says, are you for us or for, your, for our uh, enemies? He says, neither. <laughs> I am not on anybody's side. You should be on my side. Immediately he falls on his face. What do, what do you want your servant? What do you want to come? What will you command your servant to do? He says, first take off your sandals. Take off your sandals. Know that this place is what ground? Holy ground. 
And that guy is absolutely on his face before God. See, we need that kind of a leadership who will cling to God, who know, who sense the spirit. If the spirit is gone, not there, you know, they don't even want to be a part of it. You see, you see, that is what, that's what I'm saying. Do we take those things seriously? <laughs> it's okay, no? If the spirit is not there, it's okay. Chalega. We can use those words very, very flippantly. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. Who told you? It says in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus Christ is where? He's outside. He's gone. Jonathan is gone. He's knocking at the door now. You have not realized. You have become like, 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 uh, like Samson and you have become like uh, Saul who have lost the anointing and you have not even a realization of it. That you have lost the anointing. Jonathan had gone, the people did not know. So many people don't know. That's why I said, they, can, they are so desperate, they can take anything and eat it. Donkey's dove, oh, sorry, donkey's head for so much, and dove's droppings. What is dove's dropping? We know that. Something that the Holy Spirit has rejected. They will purchase it as if it's gold. And they will eat it. And they will give review. How does doves dropping taste? Three star, two point five star, four star. Some people will say fantastic. You know, there's a saying in Telugu: If you are hungry, you don't know what is taste. Anything is tasty, and the people are so hungry, anything is okay for them now. That's the reason why we say the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. It's a demonstration of the spirit and power of God in our lives over sin, over the flesh, over the world, over the powers of darkness. Else, we become a people who have form of godliness, but no power. Absolutely powerless to overcome the onslaught of the enemy in the coming days. Fierce times are coming. Why? Fierce times results, times where the demonic is controlling. And one of the things that we constantly need to do is to have a discipline of staying under the anointing. Guard it. Lord, that's the reason why don't lie to the Holy Spirit, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, don't quench the Holy Spirit, don't insult the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't be stiff-necked. The one, so we have, we have to become like Elisha, who will say, I am going all the way. I am not going to play games. I want a double portion of your spirit that is upon your life. Reason, isn't it interesting? Did he not already receive the mantle when Elijah came and put his cloak upon him? Right? He already got it. Did not God say, anoint Elisha to be the next prophet in your place? Anoint Jehu? Anoint Hazael? So why should he follow God all the way? Now, and then it's interesting, he follows God, I mean, follows Elijah all the way, and then finally, he realized, see, the mantle is already upon him. That's what he, that's what we think. But he, and he, he still asks Elijah, I want to a double portion of your spirit. And what does Elijah say? It is not for me to give it. 
See, God might have used me as an instrument to call you in your call your uh, to bring, uh, to to uh, to bring the call of God into your life, but the anointing is not for me to give. Isn't it interesting? He was the first installment. He was the and the anointing of the mantle of Elijah was placed placed by Elijah. Now, after Elijah is taken up, what falls? The anointing falls. The mantle falls. Now he has been commissioned by God Himself. Until then, what does he do? He follows him. Do you understand that? Do you understand? The first time Elijah put his mantle upon him. And now when Elijah is taken, who puts the mantle upon him? God puts the mantle upon him. And then he says, where is the God of Elijah? Boom. Jordan separates. For how many? Initially, first, for an entire people of Israel, Red Sea parted. Second time, entire congregation of the people of Israel, Jordan parted. Third time, for two people, it parted. Finally, one man, it parts. You see that? So what is, what do I, what do I have to say? God, Jonathan. God, the gift of God. Who is the gift of God? Holy Spirit. You have received him as a guarantee of your inheritance. It's called the earnest. What is that? It's like, it's the like down payment in other translations. We all need down payment. Now I'm giving the down payment. That is my house later on. Holy Spirit is our down payment. Down payment given by God himself. Let's go back. Now let's read 1 Samuel chapter 14 verses 3 and 4. 3 and 4. Ahijah, the son of Ahab, Ahatub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an effort. <laughs> wearing an effort, not hearing from God. Fantastic. What is the use of the uniform? Kya maat? Uniform nikal ke hai? That's what, you know, you can go to many, many mainland churches and everything. They have to wear that. That priestly garment. But in the heavenly realms, there is no garment. I remember, you know, uh, it was uh, in one Karakpur, we went to one Baptist church. It was me and uh, uh, Pastor Eric. It was in way back in 2013, if I'm not, 2014, 2014 when, we, when he was going to, uh, even he was commissioned to become the pastor in uh, in uh, Ranchi, right? Uh, we drove to down to uh, Ranchi and all those places, you know, and so a small mission trip also was planned. So we went to a Telugu church there in the first time I preached in Telugu. It was way back those days. Okay. We went to the place. We went to the pulpit. The altar, right? You know what was there on the altar? Full of dust, cobwebs on the pulpit. And Eric looked at it and he started crying. said, Pastor, what is going on over here? What do they have? They have such a massive structure. They have all the prop, props, if you will. No? All the earthly props. Interesting, we have all the earthly props. I am so excited with technology. Just imagine, there is no anointed man of God. 
but we have all technology what's the use of all this technology we have all these monitors here monitors there lights here lights there my goodness you name it and we have it we've claimed it also capture cards captureless cards boy double capture cards think about the technology that we use think about a man without an anointing who's leading the church what's the use of the technology we have the uniform but we don't have the there's no fresh revelation at all that's the problem there's no rima they could be logos oh i'll tell you the whole world you'll find people with logos everywhere logically they can break down scripture and they will say that is my idea i recently somebody sent me a forward of plagiarism in the in the church every day you plagiarize from god nonsense you plagiarize from paul oh we cite paul oh really now think about it okay think about it no if what you are speaking you are you know what does peter say those who prophesy should prophesy as the what of god as the oracle you know what does oracle mean mouthpiece so who is speaking through you god who is giving you the revelation god that means who has to be magnified in your church god now you are saying plagiarism means what who is getting magnified in your church you or god think about that i mean i'm not saying that you know we are we should be casual in our study of the word of god and copy from one another i'm not talking about that at all but this entire principle of plagiarism is useless what is this plagiarism nonsense see if god is not being glorified in your church now think about it if donkey got that revelation will he say it is mine think about that Oh, this is in- incredible oh no 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 he copied from that person he copied from hey you copied from so many other people you don't even realize that you think that you got it by your own study and you got some unique ideas there's nothing unique what does solomon say there's nothing new under the sun what you need is living think about that think about it. it doesn't matter if that word no you we talk about all these logos study right we have to study 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 but can i ask that person who talks so much about plagiarism are you absolutely sure that whenever you go to the pulpit it is god who's speaking through you that you heard that particular word that has to be spoken to your congregation on that day are you absolutely sure about that 100% oh no 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 uh, then what are you talking about plagiarism then you should say citation from god you see understand this okay anyway all right logo study is there there is no rima but for getting rima it is not easy altar labor shubhra no 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 lampstand incense and then <laughs> no 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 logos is enough we will do lots of look at the book but it's okay no problem between the passes okay no what happened but the people did not know that jonathan had gone and was four where did he go 
Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garden, there was a sharp rock, one on this side and sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Boses and the name of the other, other was Sene. Kya baat hai? We want to go and fight. We want to join our hands and our hearts with the heavenly Jonathan. There are two things Jonathan has to go through. It's like the, the translation is untranslated. It's two sharp teeth on both sides. It's a picture two sharp teeth like teeth like this, okay? Not teeth. What do you have here? The cross. You know what buzzes means? Surpassing brightness. What is Lord, the Lord going to destroy the Satan with? With the brightness of his coming. What does the brightness of his coming signify? The judgment of God. That is Boses. What is Sene? Sene means a thorny bush. What does that signify? The curse of sin. What do we have? The curse of sin and the judgment of God. And there's a small constriction through which Jonathan has to go through so that the armor bearer can follow him. So that he can fight. You see? All of us have to tackle two things in our, two realities are there. You know what the two realities are? Everybody will die. There's a poem in Telugu, I will not say that. You know what he says? He says, this, this, uh, this guy, this uh, poet has gone to the, to the graveyard. Smashanam, it says. In, in, in Telugu, Smashanam means graveyard. Okay. And he looks at all this and he says, you know what? The poet dies here. The poet's pen burns here. All the rulers of this world will end their lives over here. Even a tender housewife also will die over here. All the artists in modern day equivalents, cinema directors, movie actors, everybody will end here. And then he makes a very interesting observation. You know what he says? This is the power of death. It's a, it's a tremendous equalizer. And you know what he says? This graveyard is the drama stage of the destroyer. Who is the destroyer? Shiva. You see all the Shiva Bhakts, you know. It's a drama stage of the destroyer. And then he says, you know what? In this place there is no untouchability. You know what untouchability is, is right? Caste feeling. There is no caste feeling. The Chaudhary, the Reddy, the Brahmin, the Madhika, the Mala, the Gulti, the Tamil, everybody will end here. Judgment is guaranteed. So there's judgment of God on one, one end. And what is the, what is there on the other side? The curse of sin. See, there's a fear of judgment and the regret of the wasted life. What did our heavenly Jonathan do? The gift of God. On the cross, he did both. He sucked up the judgment of God 
and he broke the curse of sin. You know what he did? He who did not know sin became sin for us. On the cross, he became cursed. He became a curse. Why? It says, cursed is a man who hangs on the tree. He tasted death for us so that we could enjoy eternal life with him. Through the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. 14 to 18. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil, and release those through fear of death, wherein all their lifetime, what? Subject to bondage. That is the reason why we do not receive the spirit of fear or bondage which takes us, brings us back to fear but the spirit of adoption by which we cry out what? Abba Father. For indeed he does not give aid to angels. Kya baat hai? Angels are sent to our aid. But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham whose seed we are. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brother and that he might be merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people for in that he himself has suffered being tempted he is able to aid those who are being what tempted. You can overcome. You see two options you have. You can stay with the people and enjoy status quo or you can say with your Jonathan I am leaving this place I also will come along you. That's it. Where you go, I go. But you know Lord, look at my life Lord. I see the judgment and I see the regret of my past life. God says, I have overcome it. I have overcome it. You don't have to fear anything. There is therefore, now, 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 thank you, now, 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 no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Why? For what the law could not do. Who has done? God has done. How? By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned our sin in his flesh in order that the righteous requirement of God may be fulfilled. Where now? In us in those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. What a tremendous promise. What a tremendous promise. Why? Acts chapter 2 verses 23 and 24. Look at what it says. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by Lawful hands, lawless hands. It's interesting. You are responsible. You took by your lawless hands, but God determined it. What did you do? You have crucified him and you put him to death. And what did God do? Whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death. Why? Because it was not possible that he should be held by death. Impossible for death. Why? He did not sin. And God is what? Righteous. Will not the judge of all flesh do right? My sin, my son did not sin. So what did you, what will he do? He will raise him from the dead. Okay, you might kill him, but <laughs> death is not going to have any power over him anymore. Over. 
And as long as we are in Christ, that is the reason why I said no. Wherever the anointing is, follow there. Oh, I like this church. I like 600 people. I like the names. But he's Ichabod's brother. But he has a ephod. He has a uniform. These are trappings of this world, isn't it? Ichabod? It's okay, Ichabod. No. But look at the people. Not all 600 can be wrong. But the Spirit of the Lord has departed from that place. Interesting. Between two passes. He looks up and he starts climbing. Following whom? Following Jonathan. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we have surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto the gift of God. Jonathan, who has climbed through that crevice between the two teeth, those two sharp razor teeth of the death of God, of the judgment of God and the Curse of sin. Who passed through it. That's how we enter into the holy place. Through the veil. Which is rent. And now we have what? Not just to the holy place. We have access directly to the most holy place. Because he has made possible for us. A new. And just not a new way. A living through the body and the blood of his son. Which is rent for us on the cross. And the veil was torn from top to bottom. Not from bottom to top. Which is easy. Whenever we have to rent this veil, we don't start from here, right? We start from here. That means if it's rent from there, that means it's gone. It's over. It's going to separate like this. Forever rent. The flesh of Jesus Christ has made it possible so that we can come to the throne of grace. Isn't it interesting? One razor on this side, one razor on that side. What is What was guarding the tree of life? Cherubim with flaming swords on both sides. What a picture of this, of the crosses. And you, I'm telling you, everywhere you see, you want to see defeat over the powers of darkness, there is only one way. It is a way of the cross, my dear brothers. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. He has finished this. He is going to complete what he has started as long as I remain under the anointing. The author and of a, see, that is the reason why when you read the New Testament, the Old Testament, ask God to show you the cross everywhere and He show you. Everywhere. And He will show you the cross. Everywhere. You see? Two mountains and a cross? Have you ever seen that before? In the morning I was looking at it and I said, boy, if I have to beat the Philistines over there, there's no other way other than the way of the cross. Because it's on the cross, he disarmed principalities and powers of darkness and made them what? A public spectacle. All that they can do is mock me. But they don't know. But they don't know that I know that they have been defeated. Understand that. Do you know? Knowing that our old man was crucified. A lot of people don't even know that. Where was it crucified? On the cross. When was it crucified? 
2000 years back do you know the reality that is the reason why sin shall not have dominion over you cannot because you are no longer under lord you don't have to be under the dominion of sin you can choose every day in other words but you have to choose you have to choose you, either you want to choose ikabod's brother or you want to follow jonathan wherever he goes but it's difficult nobody is coming don't worry god is able to do it with few or with many fewer the better for god so that he'll get all the see when the odds are stacked against us understand this that there is a tremendous victory for god okay the tremendous victory for god i remember the first time no when my first paper was was accepted the problem was the deadline was increased why because of tsunami in, in japan for my paper to get get accepted I, is interesting god had to send a tsunami i'm just thinking about like thinking in in idiotic terms but understand the tsunami was he sent but the problem is that that time i was having abigail okay and the deadline was like uh, few days before Abig- after abigail was born so i was i was, I was thinking lord i was going i'm going to be so busy but the deadline got extended so we had abigail and then i had 15 days to uh, prepare for the deadline and i just got my paper ready but the problem is when the deadline increases more number of papers come into the conference the odds will be against you so initially let's say 1000 papers get get into the conference now what happened 2000 papers get into conference so the odds are what 1 in 10 now it will become 1 in 20 can you imagine the odds are always when the odds are stacked against you then who gets the glory god gets the glory that was a time when i thought it is not good see all the other conferences had very less number of papers which were submitted and in every of those conferences my paper got rejected and in the most unlikely of cases it got accepted I remember days I used to go on my face before God and cry and cry and cry and say, "Lord, please, Lord, favor, Lord, favor, Lord, favor, Lord, favor, favor." And after that, there was no turning back. You see, but you have to understand this: when the odds are stacked against you, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. So, but you have to follow Jesus. But there's no money following me. It doesn't matter. With or without God, so His truth is what marching on. And that is the reason why I like what you know Martin Luther says. Though this world with devils filled should threaten to what undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed His truth to triumph through us. The Prince of Darkness, grim, we tremble not for Him. His rage we can endure, for lo, His doom is sure. One little word shall fell Him. What a what a word! that word above all earthly past no thanks to them to them abideth his spirit and his gifts are ours through him who with us sideth let goods and kindred go this mortal life also this body they may kill god's truth abides still his kingdom is for ever adi lyricante whenever you sing a mighty fortress you will get crazy only my goodness what an anointed song it is no wonder that was the that was the anthem of the of the reformation say did we are did we in our own strength confide our striving will be losing 
were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He. Lord Shabbat, His name, and age to age the same. And He must win the battle. He won the battle. And therefore, though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God has willed. He has willed His truth to triumph through us. His truth is going to march on no matter what. Are we going to be with Him on the side of truth? It's incumbent upon us, therefore, to choose Him. You see, it is always incumbent upon our free will. See, one of the things that God tests every day is your will. Is your will. If you will to do His will, you will know. Not before that. Why should God reveal Himself to Unwilling, stiff-necked people. Compromise. No, he's not going to speak to him. You know what Jonathan says? Perhaps, he says. It's a very interesting word. I'm, I'm going to come to that later on. But it's a very interesting... Uh, but look at what Jonathan says. Let's go to First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 14 now. Verse 6. Sorry, verse... Uh, yeah, 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man... So, you know, he... He, uh, the front once face northward and the opposite direction and so you have two uh, two uh, sharp uh, edges and you see the cross over there and Jonathan, he sees that and he says, we can do it. Our heavenly Jonathan has done it, we can also do it. See, if you want to win the battle, it's through the cross. If anyone wills to come after, who wants to come after me, okay, what should he do? He should deny himself, pick up this cross, ah, 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 daily. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to lose his life shall save it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, sorry, loses his life for my sake will save it. Who desires to save his life will lose it. For what profit does it demand that he has 600 people in his congregation and loses his own soul and his anointing? I can apply all those verses, right? What's the whole point? If your anointing is gone, think about it. If my anointing is gone, what's the use of my talent and my knowledge? Hmm? Think. What will I be? I'll be a sounding brass. That's it. Clang, 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 clang. Understand that. Okay. So, verse 6 now. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor. I like that. Let us go to this garrison of these uncircumcised. Now think about it. They are uncircumcised. What are we? Ah, we are circumcised. You ought to be sure about that. Why am I saying that? Turn to Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 25 and 26. Hmm? Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised <laughs> with the uncircumcised. Kya baat hai? And he specifically mentions the labels also. Egypt, Judah. Hmm? Edom, oh, the people of Ammon, Moab, Judah is there. And all who are in the farthest corners who dwell in the wilderness, for all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in their heart. Whose verse? That is the reason why he says, if an uncircumcised man keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as? And will not the uncircumcised man condemn you who has the circumcision and the law, and but you disobey the law? Why? Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Verses 28 and 29. Look at what it says. 
we know this very well. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. See, you can fool people with outward appearance. But you cannot fool God. And you cannot fool the enemy, both. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? I mean, I, some, every time, you know, it's interesting, right? Herod puts to death James. Huh? He puts to death James. God doesn't say anything till then. He wants to kill Peter also. God doesn't say anything. And one day he makes a speech. And people say, oh, God is speaking. And because he did not give Glory, glory to God. What happened to him? He was eaten up by worms and dead. That is the reason why, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is a matter of the heart, the, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. He looks at the reality. We walk by faith and not by, you know what the word is? Appearance. If they are uncircumcised, what are we? Do we have circumcision truly? Look at what it says in Philippians chapter 3. We know this very well. Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3. 1 to 3. Hmm? Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. So just because I am saying the same things over and over again, the same thing again, don't worry. It is good for you, for it is what? Safe. If I don't tell you the same things, it is unsafe. Ah. That is the reason why even though you knew all these things, I want to stir it into your remembrance, says Peter, before I put up this temple. Put away this tent. And what does he say? Beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers, evil workers. Beware of mutilation. Why? For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and who rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have what? No confidence in the flesh at all. That means in my strength I can do nothing. But through God I can do all things. The sooner you realize that, the better for you. One of the things I constantly keep thinking about is, right? Success is dangerous. If success, God's way is always safe. Okay. If you become too famous, a lot of people know you, it's very difficult for you to take stands because you don't want to offend anybody. But right from the beginning, you are made very clear. I don't care about you know pleasing men. That's what I see Zach Poonen, no? One man who really, he, a lot of people know him, but he has never, ever, ever lowered the standards. Right? I have really great honor for him. But on the other hand, I see so many others. I don't want to mention names because I'm young. Hmm? <sighs> younger. Okay, not young meaning, not in age, younger. I'm getting old now, but it's... Uh, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So what is he saying? 
they are circumcision they are uncircumcised means for for them numbers matter flesh matters strength matters all matters for us what matters whether god is there with us or not is matters that's all it matters whether i am pleasing god whether i have a right standing with god or not in my heart there is no other place for any other idol but to god or not matters is my heart circumcised in other words, does my heart belong to God? Is my ear circumcised? That means, does do my ears belong to God? Are my lips circumcised? In, my, in other words, my lips. See, what does circumcision means? Separated unto. Circumcised heart means what? Heart separated to God. Circumcised ears means what? Ears which are only going to listen to Him. Circumcised lips means what? Lips which will only speak when he asks you to speak. What are lips? They are the door for your mouth. Close your lips everybody. Do this experiment. Try to speak. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So in other words, what are you saying? Lord, my lips belong to you. Uncircumcised lips meaning what? I can speak whatever I want. However I want. That's the reason why I like what, what pastor said last time, you know, he put it in his DP also now. I'd rather be a spiritual introvert than a worldly. Woo! We want to be the center of attraction, COA. Everywhere. Even a fool when he keeps his mouth shut. You can fool others by thinking that you are very wise. Or this fellow is very wise. He doesn't say anything. Amazing. You want to fool people? Shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Isn't it interesting? I like this very interesting thing. No, Joshua is asked by God to go around Jericho so many times. He gives some specific commandments to Joshua. Now Joshua receives the commandments from God and he does an expository teaching. He says, let the priest bear the, bear the ark. I mean, bear, I'm sorry. Let the, let the priest go around once, six days, and on the seventh day go seven times. Let them blow the horns. Okay. Remember. Remember that? You read Joshua chapter six. Okay. And then he does not give all the details. He doesn't say carry the ark of the covenant. Who, to who does carry the ark of the covenant? Joshua commands. Joshua takes what he receives from God and he does an expository teaching and he says, Oi, all the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant. Seven people, seven bearing seven rams, horns, blow the trumpet. How should you blow the trumpet? You should be ahead of the Ark. Some people should be ahead of the Ark. Some people should be behind the Ark. All the people should surround Jerusalem, sorry, surround Jericho. And one thing you should not do, until I ask you to speak, don't speak. Let not even your voice or your sound be heard. That means your lips belong to me. You see? That is the reason why Pastor was saying, don't speak anything. From, from your lips you will be speaking unbelief and that will come to action. Don't speak. Let us be like Laban. Don't tell anything to my servant Jacob, whether good or bad. I don't want that to come down your mouth. Shut your mouth. That's it. Zip your lips. 
The only problem he has is, please, you have taken my household letters, return it back to me. That's all he's got to say. Okay. What an amazing thing, right? Do we have circumcised lips? Do we cry out to God, say, Lord, I have uncircumcised lips, Lord? I keep on blabbering off. Slow to speak. Quick to hear. Slow to get angry for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness, that weight of God. The righteousness of God. So that's the reason why Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 10. <laughs> you know this verse very well. Hmm? What does it say brothers? To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of God is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. Why should I give to people who don't? That's what I said, right? As the mouth tastes food, what does ears do? Taste words. Do you have appetite for the word of God? Do that taste good to you? Eat the word of God. God asked Ezekiel. What did he write out in it? On both sides, lamentations and woe, it says. Lamentations and woe. And what did he, this guy do? He ate it. And how was it for his, for his mouth? Like honey. And what is written? Lamentations. And woe. Think about that. And what do we need? Ice cream. <laughs> do you like ice cream children? Of course! Will they say no? Breakfast, lunch and dinner, if they want, if you, if you ask them, can I give you pizza for breakfast? You should see the way they wake, wake up in the morning, my children, for pizza. Pizza for breakfast. AKA junk food. Toppings and that, 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 uh, what is that? It's called bread, right? That, uh, that, uh, the crust. What is it? What is it got? It's not garlic bread, Baba. It is maida. It is white bread. And they say, whiter the bread, quicker you are dead. It's all white bread. I mean, even if brown bread on the market is not brown bread, it's all colored brown. I think the only bread which is okay is whole wheat bread. Everything else is maida. Do you like pizza for breakfast? Oh, they'll get up early in the morning. But you ask them to eat chapati in the morning with egg? Fifth, we have to do kusti, wrestling for 45 minutes with the manual. He'll sit on the dining table and slowly, it'll be going in degrees only, slowly. Need to understand this, my brothers. Do we have a delight for the word of God? Years for the word of God. Why are we not able to hear? Because we do not delight in them. So God says, I cannot speak to you. Whom shall I give knowledge? The word of God is what? Little here, a little there. Line upon line, precept upon precept, little here, a little there. Why can't he just give everything in one shot? It's easy for us to do it. No, 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 no. You have to read the whole counsel of God. For the time will come when people will not be able to end your sound doctrine, but will heap for themselves teachers having what ears? Itching ears. And will be turned aside to what? Stories. Fables. 
give us nice stories. Should be good. Exciting. Cliffhangers. Suspense thrillers. You see, so first what do we have to have? A heart which is uncircumcised, which is circumcised. Second, ears which are circumcised. Third, Deuteronomy chapter, sorry, Exodus chapter 6 verse 12. I just want to show you these references so that you will understand what it is. And Moses spake spoke to the uh, Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed? For I am of what lips? Uncircumcised lips. Good. I've been using my lips to do a lot of things. But what do I have to do now? Hand over these doors to you, Lord. These are doors, Baba. Don't open your floodgates. Okay. Gossip, slander. Just... Be, talk very little. Okay. If you have multitude of words, there is no lack of what? Sin. So many words we speak. And after that, we'll say, Oh Lord, forgive me if you have to speak anything out of turn. Are you, why do you should you have to speak first? Hmm? This desire to go ahead of time, no? Okay. Dil to pagal hai. Anyway. So let's go on. To First Samuel chapter fourteen and verse six. I like the way Jonathan puts it. Okay, verse six. Okay, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, "Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised." First, he says, "We looked at uncircumcised. That means what? If they are uncircumcised, we are circumcised. He's got that assurance. It may be that the Lord will work for us. One man of God." Puts it this way. Studylight.org. Okay? For those people who are worried about plagiarism. Citation. I don't even know this guy. Hmm? Citation. Studylight.org. The difficulty, the difficult extremes of the present crisis are a special, are, oh sorry. Sorry, let me read it. The difficult extremes of the present crisis are a skeptical spirit on one hand and a superstitious spirit on the other. Infidelity and superstitious are like two rocks. The mind commencing an independent train of thinking and directing its thoughts to the inquiry, what is truth, is met by avowed infidel who begins by a subtle augmentation to burden and perplex the soul. Meaning what? Is always doubting. Second, on the other hand, the other guy is superstitious. One guy is always doubting. On the other guy, the other guy is superstitious. Okay. So he is using God as a soothsayer. God is not a soothsayer. I like the other one. Very interesting. He says, another class of difficult extremes is the danger of presumption on one, on one hand and the equal danger of despondency on the other. On the other. Both are dangerous. Presumptions, presumption and despondent. So what does he use? He uses his words very carefully. It may be the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord. So he's got a very good understanding of God. What is the understanding of God? Nothing restrains him. Nothing restrains him. 
saving by many or by few. Nobody can hinder God. God is absolutely powerful. He's speaking the truth about God. But he's also speaking something about himself. Just because I spoke something, somebody else is uncircumcised, it doesn't mean that I'm totally, totally, completely given to God. I am not presumptuous over here. I am very careful. God likes that kind of people. No? You know what it is? You know that God is holy and God is righteous. And you also are have a realization of who you are. But regardless, you, you press through. And God likes people like that. You press through. Isn't it interesting, right? Twelve years, that woman who was having the issue of what? What is it? Uh, what is a picture of? Issue of blood. Something got to do with the menstrual cycle. That means it's a curse on Eve. What did he pronounce? You will have what? Labor in your childbirth. Twelve years. And you want to get rid of the penalty of your sin. What should you do? You should press through. And she spent all her money on what? On physicians. And nobody could save her. But she presses through. If only I can touch the hem of her garment, I will be made whole. He can work for me. It's up to him. He has the ability to do it. I am not discrediting that at all. But I don't know about myself. I am only pleading for what? Mercy. God likes those kinds of people. That is the reason why if you turn with me to Psalm 9. Psalm 9. Just a minute please. I'll show you the exact verse. Psalm 9. Sorry, not Psalm 9. Wait, wait, wait. Psalm 34. Uh, 35. Just a second, please. Who hope in his mercy, it says. Psalm 34. Psalm 9. Just a minute. Hmm. think it's I got it wrong it's it's okay it says where uh, God is God's heart is upon them who hope in his mercy I think 35 if I'm right then mm. 33 what was this 33 okay sorry 33 thank you thank you doctor 33 mm. yeah thank you yeah yeah Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. You know what he's saying? It may be that the Lord is going to be with us. Nothing restrains him. Nothing restrains him. He is absolutely able. But who is the only person who is who is divided over here? Me. And what is he pleading for? Mercy. Mercy, Lord. See, if he uses his words very carefully, what does he say? It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And then what happens? Let's read verses 7 onwards. 
So the armor bearer, who's this guy? He's a young man. Who's he? <laughs> a young man said to him, actually, can you put six and seven together? Six and seven together. Okay. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go. So his armor brother said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to all that is there in your heart. Means my heart is joined to your heart. You know what he's telling all of us? Young men, is your heart joined to your heavenly Jonathan? See, we should not be joined one to one to each other first. We have to be joined to God first. Who's he? He's a young man. Who's this young man? Psalm 119, verse 9. Hmm? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Okay, 2011 Proverbs. Book of Proverbs is just rich. Okay, It uses the word child. Even a young man, okay, that's a word, okay. Even a young man is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. Young man. 22.6 Proverbs. The word is again child, okay. Train up a young man. In the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Why? 22.15 Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a young man. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So what is this guy, young man? He is a guy who has come under the rod of discipline. 29.15 The rod and rebuke give wisdom. But a young man left to himself brings shame to his mother. Jeremiah 1.6 Then he said, I, Ah Lord, behold, I cannot speak. I am a young man. Same word. And what does the Lord say? Verse 7. Do not say I am a young man. For you shall go to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. 2.13. 1 John. 1 John 2.13. And 14. 2.13 and 14. Write to you fathers because you have known him from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the father. I write to you fathers because you have known him from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of the Lord abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Three things. You are strong. How do you know you are strong? Once you have decided upon God, you are not going to change. Finished over. You have got this unwavering, it's called the determination for being determined. Okay, it's a discipline of determination. Okay, once you set your mind, it's over. In the meantime, you may, you may just stray a little here and there, but your eyes are there on God. You're strong. Second, the word of God 
abides in you, stays in you. Third one, you have overcome the wicked one. And your heart is joined to who? To God. Your heart is joined to God. How do you know your heart is joined to God? You have the mind of God. You think like the way he thinks. You become his armor bearer. You know what the word is? Literally you become an instrument and a vessel in the hand of God. That is what armor bearer means. You become an instrument and a vessel. A vessel of for what? Honor. An instrument or a weapon. Instrument is also, the other word is, an instrument of righteousness in the hand of God. Both. So what do you have? You have a mind. What is a mind? What a mindset do you have? 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1 onwards. This is the mind. Okay. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. A mind to do what? Ah, suffer. For he who has suffered where? In the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer lived the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men but for the will of God. My heart is with you. My mind is with you. You see, if you join yourself with God like that and you have a bunch of people, not many, few, nothing restrains God with you or with many. But you should be very sure that those few people are Absolutely united. How united? I'll show you. First Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse. Verse 10. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, so chapter 2 verse 1 after that. Okay. Now I plead with you brothers by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you Speak the same thing. Speaking means lips. That there be no divisions among you. That they will be perfectly joined together with the same mind. That means you have the same kind of thinking. Think, think, thinking, thinking. And and in the same, what you should have? Same, speak the same thing. Have the same mind. And have the same judgment. Kya baat hai? That means an evaluation is going on. One judge will give. 7 out of 10. Another will give 5 out of 10. Another will give 8 out of 10. Another will give 9 out of 10. Because everybody has their own tastes and their own points of view. But what do we have? One point of view. We are different people. I am not saying that we have we lose our individuality. That is not what I am talking about. But we have the same mind. We are perfectly joined together. How perfectly? We are not stitched. We are knit. Mm. How are we knitted together? In love. Yeah. Tear one cloth over here, tear one cloth over here and put, to get, put it together and make a sock. No. So that's the reason the sock will have different different kinds of colors. No, one, one here, one black over here, one white over here and in the center is something else. Have you seen a seamless sock? No. Understand that? Same thing you speak. Same mind. Can you imagine a church like that? Pah! If you are looking for numbers, you will not have it. Look at what it says in Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Look at what it says. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, 
If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. You see, the same, speak the same thing, have the same mind, have the same judgment, have the same love. Being in one accord of one mind. You see, God is looking for how many? For one man in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he's looking for one man in the church. A church which has become one man. Understand that? My heart is joined together with you. My hearts also are united together with him. And that is the reason why the next verse it says, in your attitude towards others, have this mind. Okay? Verse verse 4. Okay? Verse 5 actually. You don't have to turn there. Enough, enough, enough. Okay? Have the same love, have the same accord, and be one in mind. And then, in the ESV, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 10. Hmm? 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 10. For, oh sorry, verse 9, verse 8 and 9, sorry, what, verse 8 and 9, sorry, okay. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. What should you have? Unity of mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, Bless, for to this you are called, that you may be that, that you may obtain a blessing. Half you are joined together. That means you have the heart of God. What's the heart of God? To rescue His people. What's His will? Like that's what Pastor was saying. If we pray anything according to His will, we have the confidence that we will receive an answer from God. What a confidence that is! I'm not looking for my own interest. You don't want to go to the US of A. I left that place and came. But we are all united in one thing. We speak the same thing. We have the same mind. And we have the same judgment. Why is it possible? Why is it that there is no power in the last days? Is because we have a peep, a set of people who have multiple opinions. They have opinions. Opinions. Your opinion is useless unless and until it has the mind of God, the spirit of God and the word of God backing it. The mind of God, of course, is the word of God and the spirit of God and the person of Jesus Christ backing it. Useless they are. United. You know what he says? The armor bearer says, it's okay. My heart is united with whatever is in your heart, you do it. I'm there with you. It may be. It's going to be a difficult journey. It's between two sharp rocks. Is it okay? Absolutely. And then let's go back now. Oh, something very powerful happens. I like that. The climax is far. Huh? Let's read from verse 7 onwards. Of 1 Samuel chapter 14. So his armor bearer said to him, a young man. Young man, okay? So you don't have to be old. So that is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, do not dis- let anyone despise your youth, but be an example to all. To who? To other believers. In what? In speech. In love. In purity. In faith. Etc. Five things he mentions. Okay. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then. What am I there? Here I am. Cheneni. Available. Okay. With you. According to your heart. Then Jonas, you know what it means? I am a man 
after your heart. 1322 of what? Acts. Okay. This, by this time you shouldn't be knowing all these verses by heart. 2 plus 2? 4. 1 plus 3? 4. Acts 1322. Okay, easy. Mm. And we declare to you 1322. 22. Not, not 32. 22. 2 plus 2, 4. 1 plus 3, 4. Okay. 1322. That's a coordinate. Okay. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David asking to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. All. Just not part. All my will. And therefore it says, David having served his generation rested his for, with his forefathers. Served the whose purpose? Served the purpose of God in his generation. Rested with his forefathers. I have found a man after my own heart. Jonathan says, are you going to follow me? I am yours. And he says, come on, let's do it now. Okay. And what happens? Then Jonathan said, very well. Let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. You see, the problem is we always want to be hidden. You don't want to be shown. But the problem is, we also want to be shown before our time. Luke one eighty, Easy to remember. Luke one eighty. Eight zero. Okay. The last verse. This is, account, uh, this is about John the Baptist. The child grew. And became strong where? Not in this flesh. Why, why was he strong in this, in the spirit? Because of his eating habits. What did he eat? Locusts and wine honey and his dressing habits. What did he wear? Mmm. <coughs> Interesting, no? How food is such an important commodity for us, huh? I, I always wonder what happened to Elisha's menu every day. What are we going to eat today, Prophet? Mm, today God has ordained fasting. Can you imagine to be with Elijah? If he is wearing uh, uh, camel's hair and a uh, leather belt around, uh, around his waist, what is he dress he is going to wear? Max? Lifestyle? Raymond's? No? Right? <clears throat> if Jesus himself has taken away his outer garments and he has put a towel around him and washed the, washed the, uh, the feet of his disciples, what, what, what is left for his, his disciples? Think about that. So the child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation. You see, there's a life which is hidden. And then you know what Jonathan says? The time has come now for us to show Ourselves, he says, just not me. Both of us. You know why? Because now we are two united together. There was a life that Elijah was hidden under God in Sherith and in Seraphat. After that, he showed himself to everybody. And God was with him. Okay. Elisha was hidden under the Elijah. And one day, he showed himself. And then he said, you know what? The anointing which is upon Elijah is upon Elisha. And everybody 
bowed downs before him and some people say baldi 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 gone okay so don't despise anybody don't who don't have hair okay because the anointing space they have to maintain no <laughs> okay okay <laughs> paul was a bald man by the way you know mm yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so for women your hair is a glory not for man okay short hair no hair no problem <laughs> but no long hair some people have long bald hair i don't know how that is possible they have one center over here and everything is growing on the other side <laughs> okay so a life which is hidden so what has happened so this atma bidda said do all that is in your heart jonas said very well let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them and you know what happened that day if they say to us wait until we come to you then we shall stand still in our place and not go up but if they say come up to us then we will go up for the lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us you know god looks at these people's heart and he says you know what these two people chose to honor me they chose to break the status quo they took a stand of faith and everything they confessed about me is true and everything they confessed about them is also true you see you have to be honest before god you cannot say in the name of jesus whom paul preaches no god is looking for such kind of people not perfect people it may be that god might work for us nothing will restrain him god for you nothing is impossible who is the block over here i am the block lord but lord i want to cleanse myself i want to make myself available to you lord you may work for us but i will press on i will touch the hem of the garment who knows that is the faith god is looking for david fast for 7 days who knows god might have mercy but will you fast will you deny yourself will you seek the face of god the journey is more important than the destination see success is just one day <laughs> but the journey the process from gilgal to bethel to jericho to through jordan east jordan west coming back that journey that journey makes the man my dear brothers and then what happened verse 11 so both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the philistines and the philistines said look the hebrews are coming out of the holes finally then the men of garrison called to jonathan and his armor bearer and said come up to us and we will show you something <laughs> jonathan said you know what this is what i was hearing god has delivered you into our hands come up after me he tells the armor who are you concentrating here on no 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 the armor bearer look at the armor bearer you cannot identify yourself with jonathan can you it's the armor bearer who is important i hope you didn't miss the point it's the armor bearer my dear brothers jonathan is a type of christ over here okay in this i'm just just putting it in that in that context jonathan said to his armor come up after me for the lord has delivered them into the hand of israel under the hand of whom in the not my hand into the hand of israel very clear see everywhere is confession so he is called the high priest and the apostle of our better be your better your confession be true 
about God and about yourself. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistines said, okay, let's work. Next verse. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and his knees with his armor bearer after him. You see that? Your hands and your knees. Strengthen those hands and those knees which have become your. Climb up. They fell after him and they fell before Jonathan. As he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. Both of them tasted tasted victory. I think the armor bearer was more excited. <laughs> Man, I can finish these fellows off. He took the shield and smashed everybody's head. It's graphic. That first slaughter with Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about how many? 20 men within half an acre of land. That is enough. You know, remember that guy, the Eliezer, one of the mighty men? The Philistines have come and a small acre of land that they conquered. But this fellow stood the ground. That small piece of land is enough. That small piece of land you get back from the enemy finished. He's going to run for his life. How many men did they kill? 20. But the problem is this. Many of us have not given our hearts to God. We cannot say with confidence, you know, let do whatever pleases in your heart to me. Can we? You ask me to marry, I will marry. You ask me not to marry, I will not marry. You ask me to take this profession, I will take it. You ask me to quit quit and come to full-time ministry, I will come. You ask me to be in the office, I will be there. You ask me whatever you want me to do. I am a vessel in your hands. You see. Impossible things, God will do. Possible things are what? Cleansing ourselves. First slaughter. And then what happened? What did they conquer? One acre of land. Finally, verse 15. And there was a trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the riders also trembled. And the, because of how many men? Two, actually one. Two united together. That's what Jesus says, no? He says, first Peter chapter, first Corinthians chapter 3, he says, we are co-laborers together with Christ. Kya baat hai? You know what he says? Other people have labored and you have entered into their level. Joining yourself, that's it. So that there was a great trembling. And you know the story. Until now, Saul didn't realize that Jonathan is out. But for the compromised church to taste victory, there should be one guy who will follow the heavenly Jonathan all the way. Who will risk his life. Who will say, you know what? I have put all my dicks, all my hands. I mean, I have just emptied myself. My life is yours. Nothing. No no right on me. When you ask me to get up, I will get up. When you ask me to sleep, I will sleep. When you ask me to eat, I will eat. You ask me not to eat, I will not eat. You know, to be with Apostle Paul, why did Timothy have a problem with his stomach? I don't know. I mean, one of the reasons I think he has a problem with his stomach is because he was with Apostle Paul all the time. And this guy is not even worried about his food. 
when will he eat, when will he not eat. But he is used to a lifestyle of fasting and this guy is you know, struggling, no? Your constant belly, okay, drink some wine, I don't need it, but you need it for your stomach. Okay. <laughs> drink some wine. That is the, that is the problem with Timothy's, no? Their hearts are good, but there is no discipline. You see, to be with Apostle Paul, what? This guy is nakedness often, peril often, hungers often, stripes often, and this guy is also tagging along with him. Do you think it's going to be easy life? You see, they think, see, think about it, no? Christianity, they think it is easy. Everything should be easy. That's what I tell, no? They, they work 60 years for the last, the last 20 or 25 years. What else? Not an equation. All they are worried about is what do we eat tomorrow. And after eating all those things, what will you do? We will die. And you know what God says? Lose it for my sake. My heart is yours. I am totally surrendered. I am not looking at the result. What is it? It may be that the Lord will work for us. If God be for us, who can be? How does it say? What, say that again. Ah, if, thank you. If God be for us. It may be if God be for us. Nothing restrains him. But are you with God is a question. Whom are you siding? Some people said, oh, we don't want to take sides. Hello. Jesus says, who is not for me? Ah, he's against me. There's no neutral. There's no nota. None of the above. Hmm. Who's not for me? Who does not gather with me? What does he do? Oh my goodness. That means not even taking a stand. What are you going to do? You want to scatter. And you know what he says? He looks at people of Israel and he says, they were like sheep without a shepherd, oppressed and scattered. Oppressed and scattered. You know why? Because the shepherds have not taken a stand. They are saying, you know, we don't want to, we want to vote smart. What are you talking about, my dear brother? You want to vote smart? Something we will not vote at all. You see? Unbelievable. And honestly, you know, this time, what all has happened in 2020, what an year it has been. You see, now I was thinking about it. Now, what's the whole point now about education, educating your children, what will happen to their marriages? Whom will they marry? Think about how we think in our lives. We'll everything else except the purposes of God. God is looking for armor bearers. What is he saying? Okay, you've decided? Let's cross over. And what? Show ourselves to the enemy. Do you have the fearlessness to show yourself to the enemy? Yes, Lord. I'm willing to pay the price. I will battle this with you. My hands are on the deck. My hands are on the plow. I'm not turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Lord, 
strengthen us in our resolve. In our resolve, O Lord. Because we have a tendency to give up easily. But Lord, we are not going to give up without a fight. Grant us grace, O Lord. To say to our heavenly Jonathan, Here I am. Do all that is in your heart. And my heart is joined to your heart. Victory may come. Victory may not come. That is up to you to decide, O Lord. But we know, Lord, your promises which says, if we ask anything according to your will, and that your eyes are always open towards those who hope in your mercy. And therefore, O Lord, this morning, our eyes are on you. Our heavenly Jonathan. Our gift. Our God who was given for us. And he not only gave himself, but he also gave his spirit to empower us. Thank you, Father. Strengthen us in our resolve. And enable us to fight this good fight of faith. And not turn back. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.